0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April and as always I'm looking for my good friend Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, very well. I'm on the cusp of vacation I took next week off so I'm going to get through today and uh, I'm off to the beach in Maine. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, so we're we're wedging this one in between our two vacations then because I just got back and you're taking off so... I know. So you went to Iceland, though. That's pretty cool. I did. It was great. It was it was nice there. And right now, I'm, you know, it was gray and rainy there almost the whole time we were there. But it was also fifty, which was maybe a little chilly, but certainly better than what it is here in Chicago right now. Um, so I'm kind of missing that a little bit. I wish it weren't so swamp like in Chicago right now.
0: Yeah, it's swamp like here in New Hampshire. But once I get to the coast. Just an hour away in Maine, the the temperature drops dramatically, so it'll be nice. But I, I take it your daughter, who you t- took this trip for, her graduation gift, right? She had a great time, Kate? She did, yep. We we got
1: to do everything on her list, you know, which made her happy, and it felt like a good send-off, which made me happy, so uh, I think it was a success.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And all the
1: travel was good. I mean, that always helps it, right? You know, whenever travel goes bad, that sort of puts a bad taste in the mouth, but uh Everything was just fine. You know, we got there and back without any problem, and I'm recovered from jet lag, so you won't have any jet lag going to the beach in Maine, but...
0: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done with that now, so... Mm. Well, I'm excited because we have a, another guest today on Bali, um, and I think we're going to have a great discussion around distribution. Uh, today, we've welcomed Tim Fitzgerald, who is the Vice President of Cloud Channel Sales for North America for Ingram Micro. Tim, welcome aboard. Hey, great to be with you
2: both today. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. It's good to have you. Um, we've been meaning to have a distribution discussion around cloud, especially for some time now, Seth and I. Um, and so uh, so I think you're, uh, you're a perfect guest for us to have today to talk a bit about that. If you want to give us a little background on you first, that would be terrific. And then we can get into some topical areas.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. So um, 30 years in the industry, uh, working for only a handful of companies, actually uh, really two different companies. I, uh, I spent almost three decades uh, inside another company where I had the privilege of uh, operating both as a reseller and as a distributor. And uh, somewhat unique, I think. I also uh, functionally had responsibility for Areas like sales, marketing, and alliances management along that that journey.
0: Yeah, so you you know you, you're uniquely positioned, I think, here to be able to 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 talk about the, the entire landscape. And you know, I, I guess to, to start off, I mean, distribution has really been about the way you know I've been in the, the channel business now for way too many years, I think. But um, you know, distribution really went initially when I first got into this business was really about moving goods and products from the manufacturer to the resellers. And that's just how it worked. It was a very much a fulfillment role, um, a logistics type of role. And obviously, that has changed radically. Um, so what you know, when you think about if someone asks you to define distribution today, um, how, how do you define it? What is the business model?
2: Yeah, such a loaded question. And not uniquely, what is the value prop of distribution as we move into this digital world? Um, I would first start and tell you that I think the term distribution doesn't apply or certainly doesn't apply in the same way anymore. Um, I'm more prone to use the term aggregator, but I think really the finer point is in, so what is the value prop of a company that historically has had you know big warehouses and moved a lot of product through a community of, of value-added resellers out to end clients? So, I would tell you that the, uh, the notion of physical movement of product obviously changes pretty dramatically. So we become this grand connector between providers and ultimate consumers. And I think implied in that statement is our value that we bring as this grand connector gets applied now across a much broader partner ecosystem. So not just value added resellers, But, you know, new partner types like Born on the Cloud partners, uh, there's also a pretty significant value in independent software vendors and regional and global SIs. And I I think it's really important to emphasize out of the gate that this notion of having big warehouses becomes digital and very virtual. And so making big and bold investments uh, in intellectual property So that we can virtually support this as a service business, we think is a very important point of demarcation as you're considering, you know, if you were one of those ISVs or MSPs or VARs and you're thinking about who do I align with? We think it's critical that they have a platform and it's a platform that meets your business needs not only today, but into the future. I
1: like that description, Tim. And and I, I like the way that you say that, you know, distributor almost is losing a little bit of value. I think just in the same way that the concept of distribution being kind of the core drive of the channel is beginning to fade a little bit. You know, I think that made a ton of sense as the IT industry was, you know, very infrastructure based and as... A lot of companies, you know, at the, at the end user stage, were just beginning to come up to speed with their technology, and, and now that the picture has changed so much, that notion of like physical distribution, or or any kind of distribution really, has changed because of the internet and because of of the the reach that vendors can have. But there's still this notion that. Technology is very complex, and I think that notion is almost lost a little bit because we tend to see things becoming simple in some cases, like with cloud systems or consumer uh, applications or whatever. We, we think that everything is becoming simple, but behind that simplification is a ton of complexity. And so we've used the term enablement a little bit to kind of describe you know, everything that's happened historically and everything that's beginning to happen now between vendors and end users and I think it still makes a ton of sense that you're going to have stages of that enablement, that you know, it's not just going to all go into you know, one of these kind of leaf cell solution providers that's going to put together these solutions and have all of the expertise that they would need. Um, so it seems like distributors can still you know, kind of fill that role, right, and, and help g- trickle down solutions and maybe productize solutions if the case may be, would would you see yourself you know playing that role a little bit as well
2: yeah seth wow there's so much in what you just described so the, the way that i think about it the channel ecosystem is really fracturing so mm. you know traditionally we would think about a supplier or a vendor makes a product and then they need to get it to market and typically that vendor then works through a distributor who then works through resellers and then the reseller ultimately delivers that product to the end client or end consumer of that solution. That's a very linear description of how it worked and, of course, an oversimplification. And what I would suggest today is, and this is where really I think the term distribution doesn't necessarily apply or doesn't apply in the same way, we view our value prop to be the connector between an end client call it a line of business decision maker, that wants to consume complete solutions and people that are providers of technology that gets deployed in lots of different ways. And we think because of what the end client line of business decision maker is looking for, there's lots of different value elements along that chain and lots of different potential participants. So we align with those different participants in whatever way they need to be aligned to, to ultimately meet the needs of that end client who wants to consume the technology of the provider. And so that means our value prop has to get delivered in smaller bites, but in lots of different ways, depending upon how that solution gets delivered through that route to market, if you will. So, you know, what do I think that really separates us in that space? It's really three things. We have uh, an industry-leading catalog of solutions that end consumers want. We have a platform that serves it up and meets the unique digital requirements of those end consumers, as well as the providers that are trying to meet the needs of the end client. And then the third pillar is really what you touched on. It's this notion that and clients are looking for really competent partners to meet their business needs and not just technology needs. And we wanna continue to upskill the partner ecosystem to be able to meet those requirements. So this notion of enablement becomes critical and particularly in areas where there's new competency requirements and new technologies, there's a lot of training required whether it's in practice development or in a new solution area so that those partners are better able to meet the needs of those end clients.
0: So I just want to, so for a point of clarification, when you you know I see the role as the connector that you're talking about, Tim. Are you talking though about end customers are, are appealing to you directly with the type of solution they want, and then you're connecting them with one of the one of the solution providers or MSPs or whomever that you see best fits that customer's needs? And is that a, is that a change in the way the distribution operates? If that's how you're doing it.
2: So, uh, yeah, it's a great question, Carolyn. Let me clarify. The way that we think about the role that we need to play means we must understand what the end-client consumer is looking for and then help to ready those companies that are best able to meet the need. It doesn't necessarily mean that Ingram is selling directly to that end-client, but for us to be most effective in how our value prop gets applied we have to understand that end-to-end value chain.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And then you, I'm, I'm assuming, then you've got the partners whom you work with separated out based on vertical expertise, solutions expertise, uh, geographic area, et cetera, and that's how you map them to the customer.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. And you know, to be in this business today, as it's evolving to be much more digital, means you have to have a command of the data and analytics associated with who your partners are, how they show up in the market, what their specializations are, what are the requirements of an end client. And so, you know, you're hinting towards that notion of vertical market expertise. Absolutely, I think, a critical area of differentiation for partners. And we serve up information that helps partners understand who some of those newer targets might be as they develop some of that specialization.
0: Mm.
1: Is there any part of that, Tim, where if if you see that a solution is needed that might require multiple partners to step in to do maybe the infrastructure piece and the security piece and something around data analytics, you know, we don't, I think, tend to see a lot of partners that would have all of those pieces inside their one shop. And we've been talking for quite a while about peer-to-peer partnering. And I, I think we are seeing a warmer reception to that than we used to see. People aren't quite as afraid of that notion, but I also don't think that they know exactly how to do it and it hasn't really started en masse yet. Is that a role that you are playing or that you could see potentially playing in the future?
2: So I would agree, Seth, that that is uh, a huge need. And again, I want to land this based on what end clients are saying they need. Couple of things come to mind. They want more complete solutions. And they also want to be able to buy more of those solutions from fewer companies, which is a tremendous opportunity for partners to represent a broader catalog or broader offering of those solutions. But in many cases, it's very expensive for a single partner to be best of breed in all of those areas. So the opportunity for partner to partner linking to meet the needs of those end clients, I think, is increasing and yes, we believe we play a critical role in matchmaking, and we we do offer and have offered uh, multiple ways to do that. Uh, you're probably aware of Ingram's focus in communities, and uh, we think that's a great place where many of those relationships get get started or uh, grown.
0: Has there been a downside to cloud? Uh, as it relates to partners, we hear so much about, you know, the line of business buyer now who is able to self-provision, you know, a SaaS-based application for their department, and, um, you know, that completely goes around using a third party uh, to purchase it. Yeah, I'm just curious in your experience, you know, what, obviously there's great opportunity around cloud, and we do studies that show great opportunity and also studies that where the same respondents will say, but there have been some of these downsides. And I wonder what you're hearing from your partners um, with respect to some of the negatives, po- the potential for cloud.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, theoretically, I think um, it's not lost on anyone, this notion of full self-service and automation, but I think in in practical experience, that's maybe a future dream that's not been realized yet or not realized at scale in, in really any sense. Um, There are certain solutions that have become much more pervasive, but at the end of the day, end clients that are looking for solutions need a lot of help to figure out what is it that I really need to buy and how do those things connect? And then what's the best way for me to get value out of those solutions as quickly as possible so I get a return on that investment? And we think, and this continues to get demonstrated there is a massive opportunity for partners to meet that end client need.
0: Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of the same within, um, within the research that we're doing. Um, I wanted to turn the discussion to emerging technology. And Seth, you can join me on this. But I'm curious, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, Tim, that you know new skills are needed and as, as customers are beginning to um, demand some of the newer techs on the market today, how partners are going to be able to skill up and uh, take advantage of these new opportunities. What are you seeing with respect to some of the, the emerging techs out there today um, as it relates to whether partners are getting it or not getting it?
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think time is an important component of this conversation because you can't pick up, you know, a publication or, or listen to or read a publication without hearing about things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain. I mean, they're all over the news. Um, when we look at the amount of spend in those areas, it, it's still early days. Uh, IoT, I think, is also a very important subject area where there is growing need for partner competency in that area. But I I think it's very important to think through where the opportunity is to monetize that, you know, specialty competency knowledge with customers and how big the market opportunity is today. So, If I could drop back and talk about infrastructure as a service, right, it's certainly been an opportunity that's been in the market for some period of time. But the movement of workloads into that uh, deployment model uh, provides a huge opportunity, one that's really exploding with many of our partners today and one that will continue to deliver return on investment. As partners develop new competencies in meeting those needs of deploying workloads that are delivered in a public cloud provider environment. So perhaps maybe not as uh, hot in the press as AI and machine learning, but a very large market opportunity that will continue to deliver return for partners uh, both today and for many years to come.
1: I, yeah, I'm really interested in that Tim. I, I as we've talked about emerging technology as we as we've talked about cloud computing even when you were talking about cloud computing a little bit earlier, I was kind of wanting to ask this question and I think it pertains to emerging tech as well and the the idea that we're getting and and the the picture that I get a little bit from what you were just saying is that there's kind of a gap forming between you know where people are putting their attention and what what is getting hype in the in the headlines and what the media might be focused on versus where people actually are in their businesses today. You know, end users, what they're trying to do with their IT and with their technology. It feels like there's you know a gap forming, and it's almost like. You know, we hear people always say, you know, you want to skate to where the puck is going. And, and with the, this excessive focus on emerging technology, sometimes it almost feels like we're trying to skate to where the puck is going to be sometime in the second period, but it's still <sighs> here in the first period. And maybe we should, you know, focus back on, you know, where people are and what they need to do, because a lot of this stuff with cloud or whatever is really prerequisite to getting into artificial intelligence or getting into IoT And it's not like these later solutions are just going to come in a box and be installed and stood up and be ready to run.
2: Yeah, I think it's a fair point, Seth. And, you know, with that, I think there's a a high margin as a percent of revenue opportunity because of the complexity uh, associated with things like AI, machine learning and blockchain. But there certainly isn't the pervasive market opportunity that we see today with Office 365 as an example. And there's still a major opportunity to help end clients uh, transform how they're consuming things like productivity and collaboration solutions and moving to a cloud deployment model. So while Office 365 may feel like something that's out there and available to everyone there's still a massive opportunity to convert end clients to that specific solution. Same thing I think exists in infrastructure as a service, right? We have many partners that have been working with us for an extended period of time there. But end clients are still looking for a ton of help as they work through their workloads or application stacks and think about how do I deploy this differently, maybe to give you know more variability or a more operationally efficient way to consume that technology. Said another way, is there an opportunity to move that workload to a public cloud provider and save a lot of money? And they need partners to help to figure that out. And then as they figure it out, then they need partners to implement what they think they wanna do. So that means migrating a workload, potentially managing that environment on behalf of their end client over the life of that uh, deployed workload and you know from that we see infrastructure as a service as an exploding opportunity we spend a significant amount of time enabling and really leveraging a nine step proven methodology to help a partner develop a practice in infrastructure as a service and are the partners that are doing that making that strategic investment to raise their competency in those key technology areas are experiencing huge growth and really nice returns from that strategic investment.
0: Now, there's um, obviously the technical aspect of this, of of pivoting to some of these newer models, like the infrastructure as a service and taking advantage. Um, Along with that, though, a lot of the work that partners are going to be doing today really is putting them as the, the forward face, and they've got to readjust their marketing and their branding, it becomes so much more important than aligning themselves with, with a vendor, for instance. Historically, partners have never been very good at marketing their business, branding their businesses. Um, is that something that you guys at Ingram are, are, are helping them with? Where do you see partners on the uh, spectrum in terms of getting their marketing and branding type of messaging together?
2: Yeah, um, great point, Carolyn, right? So as a partner is expanding or even shifting the solutions that they will represent in market, it's important that they revise their own key messaging, making sure that their web presence uh, not only represents their new competency and the solutions that they offer, but begins to leverage social as a way to meet clients as clients are going through their own research on Hey, who are the companies that can provide me the solution that meets the need that my line of business decision makers are having? So being able to show up differently with a digital footprint and show up in social media, as an example, based on that solution capability is something that Ingram is squarely focused on helping partners.
1: Well, we've covered uh, a pretty wide spectrum here, which I guess is uh, apropos since uh, that's sort of the nature of the modern distributor—you know, covering a, a wide spectrum of technology and routes to market and and marketing and and helping partners be what they need to be in this new digital economy. Is there anything else, Tim, that we didn't hit that you think is a, a really big deal for distributors these days?
2: What rattles around in my mind is. We've talked about a lot of areas where business is transforming, whether it's on the part of the distributor, the resellers or the companies that are working directly with end clients or end clients themselves. So what I want to highlight or maybe put a pin in as we close it up is really be intent. My message to a partner would be really be intentional on who you're selecting to partner with, whether it's to develop a new practice or maybe you're choosing a platform to support your digital business. Because those are big, strategically important decisions to help you meet your needs today, but also help you evolve and grow into the future. And Ingram is, I think, uniquely positioned, part of the reason I am here, because of investments not only that they're making today, but investments that they made 10 years ago to develop the IP, to be that operational as-a-service backend. What I'm referring to is our Cloud Blue platform that really helps to support the delivery of solutions in an as-a-service model. And for partners, if you don't pick the right partner who meets your needs today and who has hundreds of engineers working on software code evolution to meet the need of those partners into the future, then you may be faced with a very expensive change in the future. So make sure the company you're picking has um, strategic commitment from the CEO down and has made those significant investments in developing the IP to meet the needs of the partner ecosystem as it's transforming and then meet the needs through those partners that end clients are looking for in the deployment of that technology. It also is critical that you're selecting a partner that has the catalog that's most relevant today and will remain relevant as the market evolves in some of the new solution areas that we talked about, like machine learning and AI and blockchain. And, uh, and lastly, you know, does that partner have the right enablement proven methodology to help you as a partner develop those new competency skills? so that you can be that best of breed partner to your end clients. To us, those three things are critical for a partner to consider as they're selecting who they do business with, not only today, but into the future.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of complexity in the market today for partners to consider for sure. Well, Tim, that was just a great conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to join us today and give us uh, give us an update on what's going on in, in your world and, and in the market in general. So I want to thank you for, for being with us on Volley.
2: Carolyn, it was great to be with both you and Seth. Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you at an event coming up soon.
1: You bet. All right. Thanks, Tim, and uh, you guys both have a good weekend, and Carolyn, I'll talk to you next time.
0: I'm off to the beach. Bye. (laughs)